how this female entrepreneur took her $30,000 investment and built a premium water bottle brand that turned into a $200 million investment. This is Swell. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Sean Azar here with Matt Skopak. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Deep Dive episode 56, where we dive into businesses like Swell and dive into their marketing and business strategies such that you can take these tactics and implement them into your business. Swell started in 2010. Give us some context, Matt. Yes, I was started by founder uh, Sarah Koss, right? Koss. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and she was basically hiking with her mom in 2010 and she was just not happy with the single-use plastic bottle, and that kind of came and created the company Swell. Um, when and, you know, it, but she started as a well, she was an accountant, I'll get to that, right? I'll get to the yeah. background. He's, he's trying to jump ahead of me. So that's where it kind of gave her the idea of the company Swell. So a little background on her: she uh, started as a accountant. Uh, she worked for Ernest and Young. She went to Harvard Business School. She was a CPA, and then she basically was working, came up with this idea where she actually went door to door selling these stainless steel or bottles made out of tin. And basically she basically got to a point under the, in her first year, she made a little bit of $100,000. And then she got a call from the Oprah show where she obviously went into the magazine. And from that point on, it's kind of when she decided, okay, like this is my path. Like I need to, I need to go down this road. So uh, that's when she started yep. building the brand. So the Swell. brand has more than just a water bottle uh, product. I think that was one of now the first does. products. Now it has now it does. A, a tons of other things, Tupperware, things I think is a kit, a salad kit. Sort there's of. like a wine bottle holder. Um, there's it actually reminds dog me of the, bowls. Uh, now there's vitamin kits. It reminds me of the brand that we did, probably one of our first episodes, Yeti. Kind of. But a different demographic, but they're doing different Much, stuff. So yeah. Yeti did with those big coolers plus the... the and that was more cool. to like hunters and yeah, yeah. fishermen and boaters. And you know, part of her story, I believe, I don't know if that was part of the... Before she made her first 100,000, you said? Her first year, less... She made the last, that, first year less than 100 cap. Part of her story is she saw Howard Schultz, the yes. CEO, the former CEO of Starbucks, and went up to him and said, just told him about her product. And Howard Schultz, apparently, look, you know, it's funny, Matt, I was telling Matt earlier, you know, I read these stories, you know, she took her $30,000 investment. That's what she claims. Um, it reminds me of like, you know, The Rock started with $7 in his pocket. Mm -hmm. You know, stories do sell. And hopefully it's true, but it could be exaggerated. Just want to add some context. Who knows? But, you know, in this case, yeah. let's say it was, I think she was in the Starbucks, she, this is a company based out of New York, Manhattan. She was living in her brownstone when she created this company and she was in Starbucks. At that time, she was in 140 Starbucks locations where her bottles, Swell bottles, were just on a table with the word Swell, like on chalkboard. And she happened to be in the store with a, the brand, the buyer, and he, the CEO of Starbucks was in that store. And basically, she's like, can we go talk to him? And she, the buyer's like, no way, I'm way too nervous. And she's like, well... Let's say I'll never get this chance again in my lifetime. And if I get back on the plane, I'm going to kick my kick my ass. So she's like, I'm going to go to him. So she went up to him. She's like, hey, I'm one of your vendors. And basically, I think we can create a great partnership together and be very successful. And then she had her bottle and ended up, they basically worked at a partnership where they became, I think, like a Christmas present or like, you know, how Starbucks has like Christmas themed items in the store. Well, Swell was one of them. Um, 
And, and another that, thing to keep in mind as well is like she's self-funded. She, she didn't raise any capital. Hundred percent owner. Crazy. Hundred percent owner. So as we you know dive into these tactics, just understand that this is bootstrapping. You know, one on one. I mean, she killed it with yeah. her sales. It's a trending and it's still a trending topic we see with uh, all birds sustainability. It was tons of a brand sustainability. Yeah, now. I mean that's a trending keyword. Is like that people want to have products that yep. you know save the world or save the you know the earth. They want to care about that. So that's very important. You can, and if you can create a sustainable product that is at the same cost as a common product with plastic, you will create a very exorbitant and successful business. Awesome. For number one. Let me go I'll, first. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You go first. Lead us off. Number one, dress for the job you want. And what I mean by that is Swell has, uh, basically Swell's products, I'm just assuming here, when you're looking at a water bottle, you're, you're, you don't want to pay $40. They're charging between $40, $50, $60 for Correct. their products, which is a, literally a, a bottle of like, obviously the bottle of water keeps your beverages cool for 24 hours same as yeti hot or cold it keeps it hot or yeah keeps it hot as well but it's 40 50 60 dollars that's a lot of money so when i say dress for the job you want you got to make everything look luxurious your website product images everything looks high end your their social media posts their graphics it just if you want to people to spend that much money for a water bottle and now later on now all these tupperware stuff you got to look like a luxury brand, and they're doing that. And that was kind of their brand mission, too. I remember she used to say, like, I used to, before creating the brand, I used to go into my office, the EMY, and I used to, like, I didn't want to bring, like, a, a plastic, like, workout bottle into the office, like, with a bumper sticker on it. Like, it didn't fit the brand. It didn't fit, like, a young professional. It's um, a very chic, modern look. A, yeah, chic. Now there's designs and, and whatnot, but that's it's very of, simplistic, I think, right? Maybe that's a good word. Uh, that's the trend now, right? Yeah. Well, that's the trend. Was it pastel colors are, are in? Yeah. In every single Looks brand. Nice. So, uh, number two, offer the quickest and easiest checkout possible for your customers. So, what I noticed from Swell's website is they had a great function, which I've seen before on like Amazon, but I really haven't seen this, this say rapid and in one screen like I did here. So obviously their website, I bet you is custom built. I mean, they're doing a hundred million in revenue, so they're not gonna use, they don't need to use the out of the box Shopify. But for some of the beginners, what they had was a buy it button, which basically you click on it and it populated one screen that popped right up that basically had all your information. For me, it was already filled out depending on your cookie history and things, whatnot. And you just literally click, click pay and that's it. Literally, it was the simplest thing I've ever seen. For some of us, a lot of us, starting our own brand, we're not gonna have the capabilities to do a custom build-out. So I know there are some areas on Shopify. I think Sean said one was- Yeah, Shopify has like a, when you're a doing checkout, now. buy it now. Buy it now. Um, but the purpose of having this quick checkout is, if you're just creating a website or a business, the easier and the quicker your checkout and the less amount of steps you have, the higher the conversion rate will be. Just if you have multiple processes and you need to, choose multiple steps in terms of shipping, in terms of credit card options and things like that. And then, especially if you're going page after page after page, you're gonna lose people through the conversion. So the simpler the checkout and the more options that you give someone in terms of like making it a lot simpler, the better and the higher your conversion rate will be. And this is like when we talked about brands now, you know, when you're doing Instagram ads or Facebook ads, yeah. you're having the checkout right on your social media page. Yep. So you can enable that such that, you know, people could just check out on Instagram. Now that's if, now I can't do that with my brand. Can't do it um, with my brand either. It's CBD brands. But if you're, 
your product or your brand aligns with a Facebook ad policy. Like there's nothing, because by the way, when you look at the ad policy, there's a lot of things that could uh, everything you know, ban you from your ad account. So we're big fans of Facebook, yeah. y'all, if you're listening. Real big fans. So if your product aligns and it's conservative and it's, you know, all that stuff, it's not going to be a girl's booty or, you know, or, you know, CBD, which is nothing wrong with CBD, but, you it's know, it's, 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 it's taboo, I guess, still. Something I don't in know. some areas, but if you can do that, you reduce that. You know, basically having the customer go through another process. People love having people on their website, but the customer doesn't like that. You don't want the customer to leave a certain platform. They hate doing that. So make it easier for mm-hmm. them to check out. Yeah, it's great. Number three. Number three. Add personalization features. Something very simple. And I love customization. If you can do it, which a lot of brands can. I actually just added a custom feature uh, on my girl. site. Um, so Swell, when you go on their site, when you go into their uh, the products, they allow you to customize their their water bottles or their Tupperware. You could add your initials, your name. You could add. They have corporate features, which uh, Matt will talk about. What yeah. brand does that remind you of? Away. Yeah, away. Exactly. Suitcase like away. company we did. Remember how basically it changed the suitcase? I theme. literally think they took the same custom code. I mean, I'm just. This is a great layout for anyone bootstrapping. Just mimic either if you want to do that exact layout, screen record that page, go on Upwork, find a developer, say I want exactly this code. They'll check out that code and they'll just duplicate that. Can you just even take the code for like not legal? I'm not saying legally, but like you can see the code that they're using, right? You could see you could like inspect their HTML, but it's yeah. not like a smart contract where you could just you know duplicate the thing. Yeah. <laughs> If only everything was as easy as crypto. Yeah. So customization is key. So if you can allow that personalization, people want to have personal features. People want to add their name or nickname or acronym or something they like. So if you could do that, do it. That's it. Customization is key. Uh, number four, show your ability for corporate sales or wholesale orders. And this is something that I enjoy that Swell does really well. They have a whole page dedicated to their ability to create water bottles for conferences, for a corporate brand, for Christmas presents. And like we've all been to conferences where, hey, they give you gifts, you get a nice little water bottle with a conference name on it, or your company gives you a nice little watch, or probably nowadays a pen, and it has the brand on it. Well. As companies trying to be sustainable now, they're trying to cut down on water bottles. Why not a swell bottle? And so they have a whole page dedicated. When you even buy on a simple one purchase buy, they have like if you are, are you interested in corporate sales or a corporate corporate like purchase, like you click on it and it links you right to the corporate page. And what I really like about this is a lot of companies just think oh like they. I guess they assume that companies like will just reach out when like if they're if they want to have maybe buy a mass product or a mass purchase order like this and it just doesn't happen. So like you the what you have to bring that opportunity and bring that idea to life of basically that kind of purchase. And this is something they do really well. I mean, from other companies, I know wholesale orders like sites have a whole build out on their website or a certain area for wholesale orders, for corporate orders and things like that. But I just like Swell just had a great area. Yeah, Swell and their product's a, perfect for it. Swell had a great landing page. That's what you mean. Like there's actually a lot of websites where he says wholesale inquiries. Yeah. And you just go there. It's just like, like a, a contact name, form. email, yeah. and a comment. Like, so they have garbage. exactly show examples, like you said. And you were saying what, Coca-Cola or something? Uh, BMW. BMW. Like BMW symbol on the bottles. They're showing you sample products of what they did for BMW. What they did for like Google, Target. Yeah. 
people and that's that's biggest I, ones. I bet you that's a huge revenue stream for for them. Absolutely. And again, like you're kind of going with the trend and what people care about sustainability. But, so companies, obviously, it's actually yeah. hard, especially big companies. But I think it's just a good idea. Like, as a business owner, we struggle so much in trying to drive revenue into our businesses, just in, within it, like getting people to come in our store, but we never think outside the box in terms of opportunities in our neighborhood. Like if we had a word ball company and we were selling it and we had a retail store, would you think about like, hey, let me go to all the businesses in the industry, let me show them our product with like their logo on it, and let's say, hey, we can do a run of 50 of these for all your employees for a Christmas gift or things like that. You you go to 500 companies, get a salesperson, maybe you get 50 of them and and they order say a hundred each. Or, or it's five thousand bottles you just sold. Like we don't think of, like sometimes we do not think of these things as business owners just because we just we're busy. We're trying to do financials, accounting. We're trying to make sure staff gets paid, payroll, like ordering and things like that. You just never think of like of basically thinking outside the box, which that will be my next point, which I'll get to. I love Matt's. I mean, that's that's the you know knocking door to door or like going to companies or reaching out and say, hey, this is what we can do. But you could also run you know, Facebook ads, target admins yeah. working for these big corporations. And they'll see that because they're like, oh my God, I'm planning this huge catering event or this uh, yeah. town hall, not town hall, uh, a big presentation that's going to be hosting about 300 people with other clients. We need branded water bottles. Yeah. Boom. So they'll see that on a Facebook, Instagram ad. So you could do that too. Or you could knock on everyone's door. I think in the beginning, it's always always a good thing for no matter how big your company or your brand is. I mean, that's why there's a TV show called Undercover Boss to really get back and see who your customers are and what they want. Never heard of that, but all right, number five? Of course you don't. Number five, reflecting back on your progress. Sarah, Sarah, I just lost it. Is it Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, Sarah, ever since she started the company, she writes down on her journal, I know, at the end of the day of her progress, of what she accomplished in the day, what didn't work. It gets her time to reflect back. You know, this is, I'm actually very guilty of not doing this. I'm just trying to get everything done. There's like, I'm so stressed out, so forth. But sometimes, you know, actually- At the end of the day, you're tired. It's the last thing you want to do. At the end of the day, and actually, and again, I, I see it with myself, I'd lose track. Like, what is the actual goal? I mean, my goal here is like, well, I want to kill it. Yeah, I want to do this. I want to build a brand. Like, I get it, but- Sometimes I'm just, you know, sometimes you're just kicking yourself in the butt and just like. You get pulled 70,000 different ways, like into like your, your one company. Then you get pulled a different way because there's issue in another one. And then the employee didn't show up. And then the Facebook ad got disabled. And then you get an email. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this is something I probably will implement. You know, I'm stating it. This is what she did. It helped her improve on areas that needed improvement. But, you know, taking that step back is I think key and I think you're doing that and, now. And with- that's what I was gonna say, I can vouch for this. This is something I just started in 2022 is really journaling. I created a morning routine where I started like a couple new things, journaling, uh, reading every morning, at least a chapter in my book, meditation I've started and morning runs of, I only do a mile, a mile run every day. I used to say, hey, I'm gonna do 30 minutes of cardio every day. I didn't do it, I felt like shit. Now I, I made my goal very simple and very easy to accomplish so there's no objections. But journaling, huge thing. And what I've learned from this, and I've done a lot of research from Tim Ferriss and uh, Tools of Titans and whatnot, and what I've learned from this is the key to journaling, everyone's like, oh, it's gonna change your world, you write it into existence. And I mean, it's fine, that, that all that is 
is all good and and it, it's true. But the way I look at it is. What happens is when you focus on something on a daily basis, every single morning you're writing in your journal on, and you're doing it replication, usually it's the same thing or something along the same line, is you are putting a filter in your brain. And what I mean by that is your brain sees and hears how much every day, hundreds of thousands of things probably that go, that your brain is looking at, that it's trying to process, and you can't do it all. And it focuses only on certain things. So when you write down repetitively in your binder or in your your daily journal, what that is telling your brain is, hey, this is important to me now. I need my brain to filter out or filter anything that has to relate to reaching my goal. And that's basically what I've seen is like you write down what you want to what you want to become or what you're trying to do. And your brain now throughout the day now filters ideas or filters things that relate to what you've been journaling or focusing on. And that's really, that's, I heard that and I've done it now and practice it. That stood out to me. So when I hear that, like Sean's totally correct, like just take the time every morning. It takes me maybe two minutes. I even ordered a book. So like it even no more, like it asks the questions, the lines. So I write it in, but I, I totally agree with this. If you have a business, if even if you don't have a business and you're trying to excel, this is a basically a growth hack that I really believe to accomplish anything. Bottom line is Matt is a changed man after the calm episode. I think they hypnotized you. I mean, I use it. I use calm now every morning. And I'm not going to lie. I think it's a lot of people. Like you said, Tim Ferriss. There's a lot of books I've read. Great authors, great entrepreneurs. They say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, um, I, the calm is now. Tools of Titans. Great tools book. of Titans. That's I read about two chapters or two people every single day. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, all right, six. Number six. So... When reading about Sarah, Sarah must be a power name, by the way. We got Sarah Blakely. We have now yep. Sarah Kaus. Like, watch out for Sarahs. They might kill yep. Like, they're taking over the world. <laughs> um, but when I'm reading about her, she has really good synopsises. And, like, I didn't know about this brand, but they crush it more than probably every other brand that we talked to. Oh, probably 100, 150 million dollars. That's a bold statement. They do 100 Skims. million. Hundred, I mean, Skims is a whole different animal. Do you hear Skims just signed the contract to create all the uniforms for all the Olympics? I did see teams? that. I did see Bro. that. Bro. They She's are a beast. They're a beast. I mean, she is a great team. They are a beast. But she has some really great, like, look backs. And what she does, like, is very well is look back at, like, her previous history and then make, like, make, make I guess, assumptions or hypotheses about how it could have done better. But this is one thing that she said is multiple things that are going to go over here. She says, hire for what you believe you will need as a company and not what you currently have. I think her, her exact line was, I think one of the mistakes we were was hiring the place we were and not the place we are going. And I love this when I heard this is as a company, we always, we have a vision for where we want to go as a company, but we think about like, how can we get there? But we don't think about like, who can we hire to help us get there quicker? For me, I see this. I think Sean will say he sees this and I seen this in CEOs. The other thing that she said, which is very big to me, she goes, what I found was my time is spent best looking outside the company instead of looking internally at the spreadsheets and running payroll and all the other important things I was doing for 10 years. And this is something. But that, but she did it though. She did she it. She did it to understand it. I mean, maybe she did it a little too long. I think long. she did it too long. That's yeah. what she's saying. And, and that's the big thing of like a founder at some point, I believe, like if your company is very successful, you need to step down as a founder into a different role. Well, you're like always the founder. In, in a, you're always going to be the founder, but like the you CEO. don't need to be the CEO anymore. And what like you're focusing on so many things that the company, like someone needs to step outside of the company and see what other people and other individuals and companies and trends are happening 
because like that's how the that's how you innovate and stay relevant with the trends. She also wants to keep her vision and her beliefs, you know, aligned. Right. She doesn't want that change. Hence, why she's not taking investment, so you know other people can control her company. Yep. So you know, for her to do that and innovate, she needs. I mean, look, you, I mean, we know this. You can't innovate or you can't stay current with what's happening in the outside world if you're stuck doing admin acting, roles, admin roles, and like trying to run the business as a as a as a founder and CEO. It's impossible. Like, I do I do the financials. I try to help with marketing. Like, I don't even have enough time in the day to focus on those two things. So imagine like a CEO who is a founder and now a hundred million dollar company. Matt's talking about his brand, by the way. Yeah, the, the sugar and kush. Yeah. So it's, and she made she made one of her other points actually, which aligns to this. It says, like, they asked her like, what's what's something that you always worried about? And her, she's like, my worry was always like when to make the like when to ask the questions or make big decisions. Like when's the right time? Meaning like when should I stop step step down as a CEO and like and hire someone? When should I fire someone? When should I say you need to do better? Like what's the right timing for that? And I guess that comes with experience, but that's one thing I see is like if you're growing a business and it, it's most of the time the founders hold actually a company back um, from growing and from really sprouting into their full potential in my belief just because you can't be good at anything. And, and usually founders and innovative ideas are not really good at running companies, to be very honest. They're not because CEOs have a special breed of how to basically assign work and, and basically get everyone working they're they're they basically innovate and lead a company a ceo creative and innovators and 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 people who create a business they're very good at basically being creative and bring something to a certain point you know what i mean well it's yeah different... you're a ceo you also have probably previous experience from another company yeah. that you know I mean, this guy i think the guy who she handled was uh his name's hugh let's see uh hugh revit and he has like his background is ridiculous huge, huge great background but like he was important. He's important. That's what I'm trying to say. But um, that's just one thing. Is if you're if you start a company and you're growing, you get to a certain point. Like, make sure you put the right people in the right roles. And like, you need to just because you're comfortable, like doing the financials or making decisions or doing something that you're good at. Like, you're inhibiting the company to grow. In my opinion. Yeah. Stick what you're. I mean, that's the takeaway. Stick with what you love doing and what could help. Yeah, grow the company and then delegate everything else. We hear from a lot of entrepreneurs absolutely all the time. So is that it? I think that's all I got, guys. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Amazon, Google, hit the thumb no, not hit the, the thumbs up button, but give hit us a the five, thumbs up button. Do it anyway. Yeah, yeah just, just find that. <laughs> give us a five star review if you can. Um, if you know someone starting a business or in the middle of running a business, and if this could help them with their content strategy, their finances, their business mindset share this podcast with them and if you're watching this on youtube hit the thumbs up button subscribe for more weekly videos and if you have any questions you could tweet at m scopac m score underscore i'm you got to change that fucking thing man i'm really not liking it because it's every week i'm not just, figuring it out i don't even like twitter i think we should just get twitter, to our how website do you not? you're in the nf you're or, like how about our ig page you can message us on our ig page we gotta start posting there huh? That's what I'm talking about. It's hard to do everything, guys. We understand you. We understand what you're doing and how hard it is. But we're running different businesses. Yeah. And this Wall is the starting. first year. Wall we're starting. We'll probably yeah. take the next step on this aspect. You know, have the community get newsletters, tips. So stay tuned on all that. Putting Matt in charge of that. Well, I'm going to help out a little bit. Yeah. And, oh, and you can tweet me at Sean underscore Azari, and we'll see you next week. Later, Ciao. Guys.